turn with me to the Gospel of John. We're spending time today in chapter 10. Our text is verses 1 through 10, John chapter 10. I invite you to follow along as I read in your own Bible, or you may be following along the screen. Jesus speaking. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And then in verse 7, therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come out, they will, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we continue, I want to do a quick check with our sound board back there. I may have hit my mic on mute by mistake, so I'm going to reboot. I have a thumbs up. Thank you. I will always remember when our family got our first color TV. Some of you might in this room might be thinking, I didn't know there was ever a time when there was not a color TV. And indeed there was. In fact, TVs used to have a dial that you would have to get up out of your seat and walk across the room just to turn so that you can see a different channel. And when I was growing up, I don't know about you all, but when I was growing up, there were only three channels and then PBS. So we could get four our TV was from Sears and Roebuck. We got it in 1974, and we were so excited because our TV didn't have a rotary dial to change the channels. It had push buttons along the side. We were living right. As a family, we used to enjoy watching that TV together. One of the shows we enjoyed was Let's Make a Deal. Some of you might be watching the new revised standard version of that today, hosted by Wayne Brady, but back then Monty Hall was the host of the show. People would dress in all sorts of costumes and play all these neat games, and then they would win the big prize and had the opportunity to go for the big deal. And you might remember there at the end, Monty Hall would show them three doors and would ask them if they would like to exchange what they had for what was behind door number one, door number two, or door number three. They might win big, 
or they might go away sorely disappointed. Today, as we explore faith, we're going to focus on the word door. Jesus said that he was a door. And we're going to look at three different doors briefly, and none of them will disappoint as we seek to explore faith. Jesus used a lot of different images to teach spiritual truth. Often, he spoke to the religious authorities, as he was doing in this case, the Pharisees, and other times it was to his disciples or others who were in the crowds listening to him. But on one particular occasion, as is recorded in John chapter 10, he referenced a door. And the New American Standard Bible translates it like this, Jesus saying, I am the door of the sheep. The word might also be translated gate. Jesus saying, I'm the door, also saying, I'm the gate. And in particular, he says it was a door for the sheep. So the listener immediately would have gone back to the rich biblical history in the Hebrew scriptures of shepherds and also would have possibly connected with Palestinian shepherding, whether it was in the towns and cities or out in the rural areas. Jesus seeking to speak spiritual truth in these examples with regard to shepherding. A lot of biblical images that you've perhaps read over the years who were shepherds. Uh, Abel was a shepherd. Rachel was a shepherd. Isaac, Moses, David, and of course the shepherds summoned to the birth of the Lord Jesus to proclaim that good news. John himself said, uh, referring to Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And again, saying, behold, the Lamb of God. We find references to God as shepherd in Isaiah 40 and Ezekiel 34. Jesus himself in verse 11 of John chapter 10, which follows our passage for today, where he said, I am the good shepherd. And of course, David writing, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So what did Jesus mean when he said, I am the door of the sheep? Perhaps he's using this as an illustration so that the Pharisees would make a connection on who he was. We go back to shepherding in the urban areas, in the cities and villages. There were public sheepfolds or public sheep pens. They were large enough to hold several flocks of sheep. Maybe they were as large as the courtyard in front of our church, or perhaps a little smaller than that, and had stone wall all the way around the perimeter, perhaps four to six feet tall, so that the sheep could come in but not be able to escape. There was but one opening in the urban sheep pen, and there would be a wooden gate, and then there would be a gatekeeper or a doorkeeper to allow the sheep to come in in the evening and then to be called out by their respective shepherds in the morning. Sheep from several flocks would come in at night. So they would all be mixed together, but they would follow the authentic, their own shepherd when he called the next morning. In rural shepherding, which we also see this image where Jesus says, I am the door or I am the gate. Out in the Palestinian countryside, 
Shepherds moved their flocks continually, finding new pasture. And the sheep pen was nothing more than some rocks piled up, perhaps in a circle, with one opening. The shepherds would drive their flocks in in the evening, but since there was no gate to close, just an opening, the shepherd would keep the sheep in and the wild animals out by lying across the opening. So you can imagine the rocks all in a circle, and then after the sheep were in, the shepherd sitting down between the two sides of the opening, his back against one side and perhaps his feet against the other and watching the flock at night, guarding from wolves or other wild animals that might come to try to do harm and also to keep the sheep from coming out. Jesus is saying, I'm the door. Jesus, our good shepherd, provides our needs. He guides us on the right path. He's our good shepherd, as verse 11 says, but he's also our gatekeeper, providing a safe haven from the evil one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So with this background in mind, I'd like to go back briefly to our passage and focus on three different doors, and I'm using those doors as illustrations of of spiritual application for our lives. And we'll see how God guides us as we explore faith in him. So door number one is in verses one through six, that Christ opens the door to discernment, that he helps us discern what is true, that we might see what is right and just as opposed to that which is false and harmful. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. So that's the first component there of knowing the authentic voice of God as his sheep, is we've got to recognize him. And we do that by studying his word, by reading our Bibles, by being in worship, by being in small group, by surrounding ourselves with Christians who can lift us up. We learn how to distinguish authenticity from that which is false and harmful. And then he says, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The sheep get to know the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd knows the cry of the sheep. And in taking them out in the morning to find good pasture, he leads out in front of the sheep, not leading from behind. Authentic shepherds don't lead from the flock from behind with a cattle prod. They lead from out in front with their voice. And because he loves the flock, the flock will follow him out into good pasture. And he's contrasting this with strangers, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So we, as, gathered, as God's gathered flock, we know the voice of the good shepherd. And we read about the things that he says in the scriptures. And the more that we do that, the more that we worship, the more that we spend time in his word and with people 
who are like-minded, who can help lift us up, the better opportunity do we have to see that which is false and harmful. It's like when we teach our kids about danger and about talking to people who are strangers and helping them to see that which is right and helpful as opposed to that which can be hurtful. The second door, door number two, not only does he open up the door of discernment, but he opens up the door to faith. Jesus says that he is the the gate to faith. Look at verse 9. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. It's just a very simple truth that those who come and become part of his fold will find eternity. They come in and then they are sent out and find pasture. And this has to do with this freedom that he gives us. We are set free and then we go back out into the world and he continues to provide our needs. That we find salvation in Jesus Christ and we find provision for living. This is one of the I am statements of Jesus that's recorded in John's gospel You remember back in John 6, he said, I am the bread of life. And then he said, I am the light of the world. And then I am the gate or the door. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. And then Jesus says, I am the resurrection. And then Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And then Jesus says, I am the true vine. So this is one of the I am statements of Jesus. And we go back and we can see in Exodus chapter 3 where Moses says, how do I tell him your name? And God says, I am who I am. And Jesus is picking up on this language in these I am statements. And through Jesus Christ, we know that the door of faith is open. That all who might believe would come and find good pasture. Door number three. Christ opens the door to life. This is verse 10. Jesus saying very familiar verses to us. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And then Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it in abundance. The Greek word here for life is not bios, which we find in the word biology, referring to living things, just ordinary living things. But rather, it's the Greek word zoe. You might see that if you go eat at Zoe's Kitchen. Z-O-E, right? Zoe life. And this is abundant life. This is the spiritual life. This is the life that points us to eternity. And the word abundantly comes from a word that means above or beyond what is regular, extraordinary, or exceeding. One writer that I read offers an expanded interpretive translation to this verse, John 10, 10. Listen. But I came that they might have and keep and constantly retain a vitality, gusto, vigor, and zest for living that springs up from the deep down inside. I came that they might embrace this unrivaled, unequaled, matchless, incomparable, richly loaded, and overflowing life to the ultimate maximum. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Zoe life and abundant life. And when we see that text, I believe that we could go back and reread Psalm 23 and experience the full meaning of the way that God provides to us 
through the good shepherd. His provision, his guidance, his promises, his care, his leadership, and then his hospitality and the assurance of everlasting life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He guideth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And then there's a shift in the text from the shepherd out in the fields to a a shepherd king, a messianic king that prepares a table. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And God's Son, Jesus Christ, our door to eternity, our door to the Zoe life, who provides for us abundantly, desires for us to come to his table. And today the table that we gather around is but a glimpse of the heavenly banquet that we will experience in the abundant life, the next life as his followers. And today we take these simple elements which are symbolic of Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross and we remember his provision and his promises. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples and he took bread and he blessed God and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. As often as you meet, take, eat, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine. Today we have grape juice as our symbol and he blessed God and he gave thanks for it and poured it out saying, this is my blood which is shed for you. This is for the remission of your sins and the sins of many. This is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you gather together, take, eat, drink, do this in remembrance of me. As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the coming of the Son of Man. Today our deacons will serve you in a few moments. We pray that you will quiet your spirit and prepare yourself for these few moments. And want to know that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've committed your life to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of your life. We invite you to the table. Whether you're a member here at HRBC or another New Testament church, doesn't matter. What matters most is that he's Lord of your life. Let's bow together.